Mr. Pandillero, ya no mates. Los vatos en the hood quieren que pare. Mamitas are crying, the homies are dying. Cristo te ama, come on and try You are now in the mix with Reform Raza's Gangsta Grace Series Part 5 with Reverend Rudy Rubio from the Reformed Church of Los Angeles. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. And gracias for tuning in. This is Reform Raza. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram. We are reformedraza at gmail.com. With any, with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, you can hit us up right there. And yeah, today, man, we're we're finally doing another gangsta great series been a minute since we've done one of these man and just the the reason why we do these series man is just to, um let people know that whoever you got out there in the calles out there in the streets that god is able to save them no matter how crazy or or whatever position that they're in doing life in prison they're they're you know really active in the calles or stuck on drugs uh, god is able to rescue that person so don't stop praying uh, don't start interceding for that person because the lord is at work and today we got uh man we got a solid 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 brother in the lord man we got a brother man that's just uh man i got a lot of love got a respect for this brother um, he's been a, a mentor. He's he's been an influence. Uh, he's he's been someone that you're able to look at, look up to, and be like, man, that's the guy right there, man. I'm talking about Reverend Rudy Rubio from the Reformed Church of Los Angeles. Welcome, brother. Man, that's a that's a whole lot of uh, pressure, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I felt my head going like. Hey, it is what uh, it is, man. Hey, thanks for having me on on your podcast, guys. I, I really appreciate. You know, I got a lot of love and respect for you guys. Uh, nothing more. I love hanging out on Thursday nights uh, than eating tacos. Yeah. Or yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and and talking about some deep reform theology with you guys. So I'm glad that we can do this as well. Yeah, for, man. And we, man, we, we we've been trying to make this happen for a while, but this man is a busy, busy man. And talking about being active in the Lord, this brother is active, not just in the church, but in his community. I think that's that's what uh, that's why I have a lot of respect for you because you're just not talking about it; you're walking about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate. It. It's funny because yesterday I started like I was yesterday we had you know. President Trump on Friday declared all churches as essential. I mean, we all yeah. know that churches are. You know what I mean, but mm-hmm. it's weird coming from you know the head of the country saying that churches are deemed essential. And if the governor's got a problem with it, you will come looking for me. I'm gonna overturn you. Is essentially what he said, you know. Yeah. Um, and and we could have maybe pushed to have uh, a service on Sunday, but we want to be mindful of our witness and our testimony to the community that we that, you know like, like you mentioned that we serve and that we love so much, as well as our congregation that we're leading, fighting and mentoring. And uh, we want to make sure that we always stay as biblical as possible. So we wanted to give the governor a chance to say whatever he's got to say uh, today, right? At 11 o'clock. Actually, he should be saying it right now. Mm. And here we are talking with you guys. And we should be the But But we want to make sure to give him a chance to say what he's got to say, you know. But we know that we're going to be meeting next Sunday unless something crazy happens. Mm. Um, and right. bro, the news, the, the news showed up yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. I tell, at first, tell us a little bit about that real quick, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, God has given us a lot of favor, bro, because we're trying to serve the community. We're trying to... So one of the drums I've been beating since we planted this church are just over and over again is that the hood don't care what you got to say until the hood knows you care about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like 
people don't care about what you got to say until first they know that you care about them. You know, mm. um, and that's what we've been doing since we've gotten here. Since we've planted, I mean, my family and I moved into the city of Linwood, um, planted to, to help plant this church, and um, we've just gotten as as, as much as, uh, as we can actively involved to help be a catalyst, start all kinds of new projects, and and help bring the other churches together and partner with all the great work all the other churches have already been doing here for years, you know. Uh, but but helping be a catalyst that maybe being the new kid on the block, we were able to do so and not start beef between other churches or, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, just yeah. To help start something new, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yesterday, um, one of the council members like really believes in us and what we're doing um, and they had the news come out to check out. Not every day you hear about a church doing a drive-in service, you know? Yeah. But it made me think about, you know, one of the last times I was on the news is because I was a wanted fugitive, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yesterday I was on the news because we were gathering to proclaim the name of Jesus, you know? So, hey, any any door or, or avenue the Lord opens up as we proclaim Him and try and lift Him on high, praise God, we'll just jump on it, you know? So, amen, amen. It was so, pretty cool. Yeah, I was, anyway. so, I was so tired. I was so tired that when I came home, I mean, I went, we had that service, and then after that, I immediately jumped into a, another a discipleship group with a group of young adults that I'm, I'm, I'm walking with, and we're going through the... Uh, Systematic exposition of the Westminster Confession of Faith, you know? Mm-hmm. That, and then I had a family party I had to go to. I got home like around seven. I was just out, bro. I was like, mm-hmm. done. <laughs> You're a busy, you know? busy man. Messages, and I started getting messages late at night, like, hey, we saw your news. I'm like, what'd I do? It wasn't me. I wasn't <laughs> even there, you know? <laughs> like, no, no, it was for church. Like, oh, okay, then it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so l- 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 let's talk about that, dude. How, from that, from the point that you were first in, in the news of wanting fugitive and now you're on the news for giving back to the community let's talk about that the first time you were on the news let's talk about your story because i heard uh uh i guess bits and pieces but i never heard really like coming from you yeah so let, let's hear it bro i mean so before that i mean I, I i got into the neighborhood when i was 13 years old you know i was always a smart kid in school like straight a's but like you 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 when it came to behavior and all that stuff mm-hmm. you know i mean i just i got in trouble uh, mom and dad were always working you know what a latchkey kid is uh, Are you guys familiar with that term, latchkey kid? It's a kid who nah. pretty much is, like runs his own program. You know, mm. He's the one that lets himself into the house. Cause mom and dad are always at work. You know, mm-hmm. I had mom and dad, but they're always busy at work trying to provide. So I was the oldest. I pretty much went to school on my own. I came back on my own, fed myself, did the chores, took care of my brothers and sisters. Mom and dad were always busy working. You know, trying to provide. Um, so I never really had that attention. You know, I did really good in school. Didn't have all the pats in the back, all the out of boys and. Uh, as I was in uh, junior high school, like I really, I, I wanted, I was, I was, I was like hungry for attention and camaraderie. You know what I mean? Um, and being the eldest, like my siblings were just a burden to me. You know, so I had to take care of them, I had to feed them. So when I started acting like a fool in junior high, and I started getting all, you know, the accolades and the pats on the back, that felt good. You know. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was people that I shouldn't have really considered their accolades being, you know, good. So I ended up doing everything they were doing. Got jumped into the hood, started keeping more of a knucklehead. And I just, it was like a drug, an adrenaline, you know, you just yeah. can't get enough of it. Um, went to jail, did a year in camp, got out for three and a half weeks, then went back to, then went to the authority for like three and a half years, got out right before I turned 18. Uh, then went to the county and then went to the state, to prison, got busted for a hot one, looked at life a couple times. All this is just like this one yeah. after the other, after the other, after the other, you know? I'm the guy that all the homies used to write to and send pictures of all the stuff they were doing because I was always busted. Yeah. Like, I was just always busted. Uh, and eventually got into stuff with the cartels, like selling dope big time, you know? Um, and then got set up by the DEA. Uh, well, not by the DEA, but set up through the DEA with some dude that was a homie. Got caught with a bunch of dope, bunch of money, got into a shootout, got arrested, went to jail, and by mistake, got released in the third day. Mm, what? So I put on my quickest running shoes and I went like straight to Sinaloa, man. I was hiding down in Sinaloa for like a year. I hated it. I was on Ellie's Most Wanted. I was on the news. You know, I felt bad because all my mom, my mom was embarrassed with all her friends from work and stuff, you know. The homies were proud, like, yeah, that's the big homie, yeah. you know, but I was, you know. It was embarrassing for my family. Um, was in Sinaloa, hiding out for about a year. Then from there, went to Ensenada. Actually, on my way back, to turn myself in. I was done, tired, fed up. It's not the same. Ball in one day, and then the next day, like you in a ranch, like shoveling tomatoes in yeah. the house. You know, like, it ain't cool, bro. But my mom convinced me to stop off in Ensenada. 
um, I, I got on my knees and I and I cried out to, to God and to the Virgin of Guadalupe one day because I just felt like, you know, like I didn't know any better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know uh, much. I, I knew, I always have believed in God, the concept of God, but never really had any intimate knowledge of him. Um, but I think I can see back how God used all those situations to help draw me unto him. Yeah. I met my wife, I met my wife on the run, had kids, got married, had kids on the run, came back to the United States, uh, got caught for what I was running from for so many years. And it just took me through another cycle, another long cycle, uh, a downward spiral effect, you know, where I got this time instead of selling drugs, I was selling them, but I was also using them, mm. you know, got affiliated with the Mexican mafia, got drawn into that circle and started doing things for them and just got heavily, heavily, heavily involved. Um, been shot seven times, stabbed 18 times, you know, it's like, but the hand of God was upon me, bro. You know, um, yeah. I was sitting there in Tehachapi, uh, state prison. Uh, watching the news one night, and I see my lawyer on the news. Mm-hmm. He was a lawyer that the homies from the Emma had given me to defend me and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if I wouldn't have gotten busted when I got busted, I would have been involved with the Rico Act that they all got busted with. You know? It's like, it's, it's weird when you, when you just look back and see how God saved you from specific yeah. situations. And saved me from specific people and circumstances and talk about the doctrine of election like mm. I could see how it all comes together like why mm, God mm, has mm. saved me for certain things you know yeah, exactly that's that's the PG <laughs> summary you know what I mean? that's that's the edited version right there. the Disney plus version yeah. but but, it, but in, in, in prison one of the one of the guys that that um, well the guy that had me shot that we, we shot each other um, uh, we had each other stabbed back and forth in the county and in prison uh, we ended up in the same prison yard, man. We ended up in the same prison yard. We were getting ready to get into it. And um, I prayed to God that he would remove it from that situation. Mm-hmm. We were going to end up moving in the same cell. And only one of us was going to walk out for breakfast in the morning, you know? Um, and by the grace of God, he did remove from that situation. And that day I got on my knees and I cried out to him. And I picked up my Bible and I have not I have not put it down since, huh? You know, I haven't put it down since. I told him that if he got me out of that situation, I would be faithful to him the way I was faithful to the game and to the women and to the dope and to the hood and, and I'm trying man you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying that's a dope shirt you got on by the way Martin yeah right. <laughs> finally came in finally came in this is what I was talking to you about man we're gonna promote it later you're on you're getting ready to take off on me then what's up with that shirt it's not like I don't know what saving me for man I didn't take, it, your, I didn't take your money it took like a month to get here but it got here so I'm cool you know what I mean the Lord heard my prayer COVID <laughs> COVID-19 <laughs> I know But yeah man uh, stay, Man that, that that Yeah man uh, That right there Man just I can only imagine Going through that And just You know All the uncertainty Not knowing If you're even gonna Wake up the next day Or what's gonna happen Um Um then t- so you got you, you you came back to the US And then uh Tell me how You came to Uh the reform faith how did you come to be like hey man what is you know all this about right here yeah good question yeah so uh in prison when i became a when i became a christian at first i, I had a hard time dealing with my identity like I, I didn't know who i was you know what i'm saying um i always i knew who i was growing up and i'm giving this context to understand more or less why why, yeah. why it's such a big deal um, I, I didn't really know who I was, you know. Um, when, when I got into the neighborhood, I took on this moniker, and that's I, I try to build this this persona, like mm-hmm. somebody I wasn't. You know, I was tough, I was this, I didn't care, I was cold but I wasn't. I was a big old lame, you know, trying to make the world believe that I was really hardcore. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I, be- I believed and I lived into it, you know. When I went to Mexico, um, I changed my name. You know, I used my one of my, my great grandfather's name. Um, got you know fake IDs and all that stuff, and it took me a long time to be able to build up that personality and that persona. And then when I finally got used to being called by that name and that new idea, it's like I, like I had a chance to remake my life mm. over again, you know, start from scratch. And then when I come back to the United States, well, I gotta pick up my old identity, but I want to leave the gang stuff behind. You know what I'm saying? And just take on the good parts, but I got sucked back into it. You ever see The Godfather Part Part Three where he's like? You try to get away, but they just suck you back yeah, in, yeah. Yeah. You back in, you know. <laughs> and that's that, that's kind of that's kind of what happened, man. And um, so I don't really know who I am, but I'm going back and forth. And you know, when I become a Christian in prison, like I felt like a punk. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. Christians in jail are looked at as, as being weak. You know, mm-hmm. 
um, and, and I was like, I ain't no punk. I mean, nobody told me I'm a punk, but I, like in my mind, like I felt like I had to prove something to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when I became a Christian, like, okay, I'm not in the hood no more. I'm not that. Like, well, who am I, man? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 who am I? I was so used to always having a label to identify who I was, you know, the, the neighborhood, the nickname. So I remember writing a letter to my wife telling her how I just I felt like a coward. So I'm like, man, like, I feel like if something happens, like I can't even protect you anymore, you know? She's like, are you kidding? That's the bravest thing you ever did. Finally, you put me in the kid's purse, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I when I become a Christian, like I didn't even know all these different labels, you know, that they had. Yeah, these terms. And, theological yeah. camps, you know, theological camps, like uh, Presbyterian or Baptist or Episcopalian or Lutheran, you know, and denominations. So when, 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 when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm uh, studying and I'm going to church and I'm, I'm talking to all these different people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all these different labels and titles. I'm like, man, I'm not going to get involved in all that junk. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a Christian. I'm just a Christian. I just follow Jesus. You know, I was passionate. I, I wanted to make sure I stay away from that kind of stuff. I don't want to be gangbanging in church about what clique or what denomination or what theological camp. But when I got out of prison, you know, two and a half years later, uh, I ended up uh, at a reformed church. The church where I first got saved, well, I don't want to say saved, where I got baptized at, mm-hmm. trying to get my life to some little whacked out church in Compton that we went to. Um, and I say whacked out not to be disrespectful, their theology was off. They loved, they loved the Lord. I just don't think they really, really knew who he was, you know? Yeah. Uh, everything that we did was a sin, you know? Everything, you know? Yeah. But, but I got baptized there and, and they took me in. Um, so when I get out, like we went to that church again, but I was like, oh man, like I, I don't get, I'm, I'm not getting, I don't feel what they're, what they're preaching. Like it, it, it's not right, you know? Mm-hmm. So we ended up through Celebrate Recovery, ended up at a, at a big reformed church in, um, in, in Paramount. And I was like, what does reform mean? You know, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. And I started studying what reform was. And I'm like, well, that's just biblical. You know, like, like, why does mm-hmm. biblical have to have a name, you know? And I just started teaching myself. I started, you know, just studying deeper and deeper. And, and at first I thought Calvinism meant that was reformed. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, that's just like a piece of being reformed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got introduced to, to, to really what the reformed faith was, ending up like by God's sovereignty at a reformed church and looking into to what it was. I shortly became an elder there um, and just like studied studying even more and more and more until you know i just i fell in love with it i just felt like i couldn't yeah. get enough of it you know yeah so what, what was the 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 thing or the teaching or the doctrine that kind of made you fully convinced that this this is where it's at this is this is my lane right here like how you you know how you said you um talk about the doctrine of election you know all that stuff because that really resonates with me like i look back on my life although my my story is not as crazy as yours you know what i mean i got hooked on drugs and things like that but looking back on my life uh for me i can see god's hand that has always been upon me even in my sin even since the beginning and so it was easy for me to take that step towards this direction because i can see god's hand on me um my whole life and that so when i came to these kind of teachings like oh it was easy to believe easy to grasp on for me because i could already see god's hand moving what was it for you that made you convinced like oh the reform faith this is where it's at because you talked about i don't want to get involved with you know episcopalians and all all these other things what was the thing that made you be like okay this this is where it's at right here I think it's God's sovereignty, man, because mm-hmm. I was always trying hard. You know, I always tried hard to, to have people like me. I always went out of my way because I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be accepted. You know, I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be on everybody's mouth in a good way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Quería las from people. I wanted people to, to just always pat me in the back and like, yeah, he's the guy. He's the dude, you know? Um, and, and that's such... Uh, it's so hard, bro, to think that you're ever going to please God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I could I could work really hard to try to please God, but we know that our best works are filthy rags before the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. so how beautiful it is to know that there's nothing that we'll ever do to be able to to, to really impress God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can ever do to, to work my way into His good grace. Like it, it's all Him, so it removes the burden of me having to do this or or having to do that. You know, like like it's it's all on Him. And and how beautiful is it that that the burden is removed off my shoulders where I have to work hard, mm-hmm. where I have to slave after doing something when well, he's already done it, you know? Amen. So I think that was, was one of the things that 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 really 
it resonated with me like like yeah this is it man like, like god is god mm-hmm. and the minute we get into the equation we're going to screw things up mm-hmm. the, the minute we put ourselves into a, my best thoughts my best work my best efforts like it just we just we just tainted something beautiful you know so i think god's sovereignty kind of encompasses or encapsulates um w- what it is that just makes it so beautiful that that we can rest our our, our our head on a soft pillow called God's sovereignty at night, mm. knowing and trusting that He is completely in control. Mm. I mean, it, ra- it raises up on, it raises up a lot of tough questions too. Don't yeah. get me wrong, you know, like like well, why does bad stuff happen? You know, why does He allow this? Why does He allow that? If He's sovereign, you know what I mean? Yeah. During, uh, during your, um, I guess during the time that you were incarcerated, and 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 how you how you mentioned that uh, that 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 was when you fully were just crying out to the lord and and how and during that time that you got saved was there anyone in the prison system um ministering to you about the word of god oh yeah yeah i had a bunch of good brothers and mentors uh one of my mentors uh, ricky camacho right he's one of my brothers he was uh he was doing 15 life um you, you guys know who ricky camacho is right yeah, he, yeah. he's he's involved yeah. in our study you know that's him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was one of my mentors. You know, I was a I was a new booty Christian, and um, hmm. he kind of took me under his wing. We, were, we ended up being the same in the same uh, living unit and whatnot. And we used to pray together and go to church together and do Bible studies together. And we just really intimately knew each other's lives and our families and our past and everything that happened. We would be open with our struggles. So, like, he took me under his wing. You know, uh, I got out a few years before him. Uh, but by the grace of God, when he got parole, finally, he got found suitable for parole. But he never think he was going to go home. He was doing life. Damn, that's um, crazy. And he, he, came, he came to our church, and like now I'm his pastor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so, crazy. Um, a, a beautiful friendship that started in prison, you know, it, it even continued out here to now our love of Jesus. You know, it doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But but together, we're trying to, to, to bring glory to the guy who, you know, the one who brought us together, saved us, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, he's he's one of, of, of a few guys that, that I had. You know, my other guy, uh, Gabriel Silva, he's on the Orange County area. He's on your guys' area. Shout he's out, shout there. out. Um, yeah, I'm calling Grandpa Gabe. He was another lifer. I think he did like, like 30 years or something like Damn. that. You know, he's probably gonna be coming uh, to our church to hang out and see how he can support uh, nice. as well. Yeah, man, that, that's a trip, man. I would never think that 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 Ricky would have played that part in that role as your yeah. mentor. Because <laughs> the way I see you guys yeah, now is yeah. like it's kind of like not not the opposite, but like now you're his pastor. You know I mean, like, now you're guiding the the congregation. Yeah. He's evolved, so I, I think that's pretty dope, man. You know how God is able to move like that. And so, yeah, um, man. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And so, I mean, let, let's let's switch over now. Now, you know. You you lived a whole street life. You got involved with, with some heavy things. You went to prison. You got saved. You're out. You start going to the Reformed Church now. Now let's talk about how the process was for you to to start a church plant. Um, because yeah. I think right there that that's where it's at. And, you know to to make a difference, especially in in the Latino community. Um, you know we have a lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of different teachings, and you know man like. Uh, not all of it we would say is biblical you know what I mean so what, what you're doing right now is really making an impact we can do all these kinds of YouTube channels and podcasts and blogs and talk about these kinds of issues but you're out in the front lines you did something about it you started a church plant right in the middle of the hood right there in Linwood where they were Compton and Watts is at man so tell me how that process came about for you to, to start a, and establish a, a church right there in the middle of the hood yeah. So, um, by, by being at that, at that reformed church in Paramount, um, my, my mentor, uh, the Reverend Eddie Aleman, who's now like the general secretary for the whole mm-hmm. reformed church in America, he took me under his wing and, um, he was always about church planting. Uh, the senior pastor, Ken Corver was about church planting. They had planted churches in Compton and they wanted to plant like a hundred churches in 40 years, you know? So, uh, I remember we were planting one brother. He was a Salvadoran brother, Pastor Samuel Alvarado. I remember that was like the money was funny around that time for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funds weren't readily available to help this brother plant. And I was like, man, what can we do to help this dude plant to get him the money? You know, how can we raise some funds? And I had recently went to uh, Rhetoric that the homies from P4CM put on. I guess familiar with Rhetoric? Mm, biggest that's... spoken word event in the world, bro. You know? Um, oh, and, Rhetoric. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know. Yeah, so I had just recently went to that and I connected with the guy who was running it, my homie TQ Senkungu and Andwele Williams. 
um, and I was like, hey man, you know, what if what if I put on this this concert like like you guys did, but with more of a hip hop twist to it, mm. you know, and spoken word, like, would you help me out? They're like, what do you mean help? Like, we already got enough to do already, anyways. Mm. And I was like, maybe just connect me with the people that I need to to, to make this happen. They're like, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I put on one. Uh, we called it ATWL, and there was like, you know, when God speaks, you know, things happen. And because we were talking about spoken word poetry, you know, sorry, um, it it uh it, it made sense, you know. So we had one, and we raised a couple thousand dollars, and then it became a tradition. So we we're doing it like we did it for like five or six years. The last one being in 2017 when I had all of Lapmos come down. We had Shylin, Timothy mm. Brindle, and Jason, and. SO the kid and it was dope we had a conference and a concert and mm. you know so I was always involved with raising funds for church planters not thinking that I would be a church planter myself my pastor had, had challenged me to, ch- to plant a church and I told him he was crazy bro I would never be a mm-hmm. church planter let alone a pastor you know and he just laughed and smiled like alright whatever you know but uh, in the middle of seminary I was taking an, an urban church planting class and the professor a guy named Tuck Bartholomew at City Church Philadelphia um, had actually helped Kim Keller plant Redeemer in New York mm. so he was talking about this like a lot of the stuff he said like was really resonating with me but his urban wasn't my urban yeah. you know like they're like upper middle class Manhattan you know, like where money's not there. <laughs> You know, and I was like, man, we need a church like that, but we need it in the hood. You know, yeah. there's, there's the resources aren't there. You know, we don't got doctors and lawyers and mm-hmm. professionals, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people here are like on on cash aid and EBT yeah. and how mm-hmm. fresh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was like, well, there's no reason why that this group of people can't have the same solid theology and, and doctrine that these other people have. You mm-hmm. know, like, why should money be a factor? So we started, you know, talking, Chris, I had helped Chris get into the seminary. We started talking one night about, like, what would we like to plant a church? And we just kept dreaming. Um, and RCLA is a result of, of that dream. We got back uh, from uh, our seminary class. Um, it was January of 2017. Uh, I told my senior pastor that I felt like God was calling us to plant a church. Um, we got sent out six months later, like July 2nd, we got sent out. We had our very first public worship service in the park on September 10th. Mm. Um, like, it all happened like, bam, bam, yeah, bam, yeah. bam, bam. You know what I mean? And we'd be like, we didn't even know what the heck was happening for us so fast. But I mean, we were being obedient to God's call. And um, everything we've done has been for love of Him and for love of man to be able to teach them uh, what God's word really says. Because like you said, in our communities, yeah, people come up with some way out stuff, bro. Some way out stuff. Yeah. That sounds hella good. It's just, it's just not biblical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and they'll take... They'll take Christianese and, and mm-hmm. you know, regular common phrases and, and, they'll, and they'll make it Christian when it's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of how we ended up planning the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. L- l- let's talk about some of the, the opposition or some of the difficulties in starting a church plan. Because we can hear this and be like, man, praise the Lord. But um, uh, I never planned a church plan, but it seems like it's not all. Oops, my bad. It's not all, you know sunshine and, and roses you know what i mean and was there any time where you 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 started you know in the process of, of planning this church and be like man you know what sasuke you know i don't think this is gonna it's gonna happen i don't think it's gonna come through was there any moment that you where you thought like man sasuke let's just throw in the towel and it's not gonna happen oh over and over again bro. Yeah. from the very beginning um i love my old church but we had major misunderstandings before we even left and, and it got it got ugly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. We're friends. We're brothers. We're partners in the ministry, but we're all sinners, right? Mm-hmm. On, 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 on both sides, and and there were big misunderstandings that that had me questioning, like, man, Lord, is this really what you want us to do, or is this mm-hmm. is this your will, or is it my will? Yeah. If it was if it was your will, this would seem so much smoother. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. But I see, but I see how those things that were happening were preparing us for what was to come. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, we had problems with our leadership team, bro. Like from the very gate, like we say, so we could take X amount of people. All right, cool. Three weeks into it, the first family says, "Ah, eh, you know what? This isn't really for us." Mm. What you like? What you mean? I can't go back and say, hey, "Can I get another family?" They changed their mind. You know. What mm-hmm. I mean? And then a few months later, somebody else changed their mind and went back. And then we started having problems with people that weren't committed the way they had said they would be. Um, they weren't doing the things that they said they were going to do. They weren't giving the way they said they were going to give. Relationships became toxic, bro. Mm. People started eating. We had people come because they wanted to be at a reformed church, but they were hyper-Calvinist. 
mm-hmm. that were actually sowing discord amongst yeah. the flock, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they're out there still talking bad about us, but their lives are shambled. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and our church keeps growing. It keeps prospering yeah. all for the glory of God. Like, like we just had, there was a season, bro, where it seemed like there were more people leaving that were coming, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it made it made me question, like, it made me question my leadership. It made me question, am I being too hard? Am I being too soft? Am I not being biblical? Am I being hyper-religious? Like, like what am I doing that is so wrong? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and 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 I've talked to you know different friends like hey am I being too hard and like actually bro you're not doing anything some of these people are just crazy bro you know what I'm saying and yeah. and they want they want things their way and because their way isn't being had you know mm-hmm. um, and and I, and I love a lot of those people I got really butthurt with, with with a lot of them you know what I'm saying but in mm-hmm. the end I can see how God was glorified in the midst of it all yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. as some people left God brought other people. Who are on fire? Who are teachable? Who want to serve? Who want to give? And there's even other people coming. Like as we speak, we've had conversations with people. We had like four new families show up to church yesterday for our driving service, mm. bro. That, that that have been wanting to make RC later home because of our mission, mm-hmm. because of our theology, because of how we love our community. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like this is what church should be like. And I'm like, thanks, man. Thanks for for believing in us and yeah. trusting us. You know. Um, so no man it's been hard bro yeah. you know we've had problems with leadership um, I wish I could tell you that, that Chris and our relationship has always been 100% we've never had any kind of disagreements no, we've had major disagreements mm-hmm. but that's how it is we work things out we listen to each other we love on each other and when we make mistakes we ask for forgiveness you know what I'm saying and in the midst of it all that is glorified Amen. everybody thinks mm-hmm. that it sounds hella sexy to say, oh yeah, we're going to plant a multicultural church in the hood. It's not easy though, bro. It sounds hella sexy, bro. When you get people from, you get you get, you get Samoans and Mexicans and blacks and whites and Filipinos and Guatemaltecos and bring them all together. Like everybody brings their baggage. You know Key, keyword, keyword in the hood. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody. And then, you know, you get people like, people get gangster with them, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's, like the, like the Lord is still sanctifying us. You know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. somebody doesn't say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But somebody does flex on you, you know, but it's like, hey, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're all just moments where you've seen God being glorified, where we're being uh, sanctified, where we're being like, like, like conformed more mm-hmm. and more and more into the image of, of the Son, you know? Um, and, and it takes a lot of hard work. It, it, it takes a lot of, there's a lot of heartache, bro. But you know yeah. what? It builds the team. There's more cohesiveness within the team. We have much more love and respect for each other when you're able to have difficult conversations, when you're mm-hmm. able to see yeah. the rough, the, the hard stuff, you know, you know what I mean? And people take it on the chin. Like, I've told Chris stuff, Chris told me stuff. Like, nobody likes being corrected, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've had to be like, hey, okay, if my brother's telling me this, it's because he loves me and he wants to see me glorify God, so I'm going to have to listen to him. And my pride will take a mm-hmm. hit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But those are things that you have to do, bro, you know? And, and it goes with everybody in our team and our leadership team, like, like we have to be teachable, you know. I have to remain teachable. Today, I am no longer teachable. I am no longer fit to stand behind the pulpit and preach the Lord. Mm, 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 mm. So, I think that that's that, that's the craziest part of you know being a born again, being regenerated. That at one point you're having a heavy discussion, and then you're actually trying to humble yourself, and you're trying to you know cool down the situation, or you're the one that recognizes you're at fault, and you got to say you know sorry, whatever. When back in the day. You wouldn't let nobody step on your toes, man. You'd be the one flexing. You'd be the one black like, Sasuke. Ain't no one gonna tell me nothing. I mean, that's something that I've experienced and, and and thought of like, dang, if this was you know ten years ago, this conversation wouldn't yeah. even last this long. You know what I mean? T- t- yeah. Tell us what, what goes through your head or what do you think about when does it ever like hit your mind like, dang, like back in the day, this this was not me. Now I find myself, you know, wanting oh, yeah. wanting to love my brother and actually you know ease the situation. You know. T- t- Tell us a little bit about that. Dude. What goes through your head when you like? Do you ever think about that? Like, man, like, like this. Yeah. Praise God for this. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think about? I get scared, bro, because mm. I still have an attitude problem. You know, I still have an anger problem. I, I sometimes I just got to put my hands in my pockets and walk away because it'll take me that much longer to pull my hand out and backhand somebody. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to blow my witness for Christ. Bro, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have to bite my tongue sometimes and just listen. It's like, man, this one got no idea who he's talking about, but it's like, who's talking to, but it's like, you ain't nobody, chump. Mm-hmm. You might have thought you used to be somebody, but in Christ, you ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are a servant. You are a slave to Christ. You should be on your knees. You should be the one asking for forgiveness. And I still struggle with that. 
Mm-hmm. I, I really, really struggle with that. It's not easy for me to say, you're right. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm sorry. It was my, like, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like saying that stuff, but if I'm really going to be a servant of the Lord Jesus, then I have to be able to be readily willing to, 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 to make a right, make a wrong right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to ask for forgiveness. Um, and, and, I, and I struggle with those things, you know, I struggle with thinking that my way is the right way, you know, when it's like, no, you got to stop and listen to what other people are saying too, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's many times that, um, some people do know where you come from and it's actually beneficial. And sometimes people have no idea where you come from. It's like, man, I wish I could just give this a virtual tour <laughs> of my past. So they would know, you know what I mean? Like, like what I'm capable of doing, but that doesn't glorify. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the thoughts do come into my mind, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I ask myself sometimes if I was to sit and just look this fool and I like repent and ask Christ to forgive me <laughs> like no because I'm already plotting and scheming I really wouldn't repent I'm just trying to like you know use technicalities to get away with stuff you know what I'm saying well apparently <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so I think that that's that's the, the that's right there man that's when you recognize man God has it has to be God working in your life because if this was you know us or you or whoever it is like it wouldn't even gone down this way man so i think that's the beauty of even reformed theology because it lifts christ so high up and it brings man so down that you have no other choice but to submit you know i mean you got nothing else to be like you know what god is so so up there i'm so down here who am i to even try to contend with my fellow brother you know what i mean and i think that's the beauty of it right there man and uh i love you Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I interrupted. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah. yeah man. So um, uh, I think I just I think that's just the beauty of it because um, you know, there's other uh, teachings that lift man up. Actually, you know, what I mean, even in, in the Christian church, yeah. that were like, no, you are this and you are that. You know, modern day mega church preachings lifts man so up, up high and actually dethrones God. And so when you come to realize that man is not all that he's puffed up to be, um, that's when you're left with like depression and anxiety and all these kinds of things. So, I mean, that's just the beauty of reformed theology, man. So, right there. And, um, yeah, um, I, I think like I, I think of a scripture like Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, where it says, you know, I will, I will remove your heart of stone mm-hmm. and give you a heart of flesh and put my right spirit within you, you know. Um, exactly. I can see where that's happened, you know. Yesterday was the first time we gathered, you know, in over two months even though it was a drive-in service. And um, as I'm sitting in the car with my wife, uh, listening to my, you know, watching my, my little girl and our worship team lead us in worship, and we're singing that song, Oh, Praise the Name. And bro, I just had my hand out mm. the window. I had tears coming down my cheeks. And mm. I'm like, there's zero gangster. And we were like, zero gangster. They ain't no thug any fool. You know? Just, just weeping grateful to God for his mercy at having allowed us to come together and gather and worship him. Um, so on the same way where I struggle with certain things, with anger or whatever, like I can see how soft I am on the inside now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where I'm able to, to, to be empathetic and and just let my emotions go and, and be okay with it, you know? Yeah, man, that's go um going back to that time when, when you mentioned about how you were on the run, um, how was that like for you and, and your wife? Uh, you mentioned that that's when uh you met her and, and and I believe you mentioned that um, you you started having I, th- I believe your first your first child during the time when you're on the run. How was that like on the run um, with her um, staying um, staying committed to you, and then also to um, for her coming into now after after you being saved coming into the Christian faith. Was she always a Christian or or was that something new to her as well? Mm. Yeah, so she wasn't on the run. I was on the run. I met her while I was on the run. You know, yeah. she just asked me when I told her my past when things got serious. She was like, "Did you kill somebody?" <laughs> so I'm like, "That's not why the cops are looking for me." You know, um, so I told her, "No, I, that's not why the police is looking for me." You know, and she was like, "Well, as long as you didn't kill nobody, like, like let's let's keep talking about this." You know, mm. um, so she she wasn't on the run. Her life never changed other than the fact that she got married to somebody. You know, yeah. her life changed when I came back to the United States and brought her with me because she's never been here before. You know. And when I brought her over, I was already a mess. I was already, I was working in Buena Park at a big environmental construction firm. I had it going on and I started getting back to the, you know, the, the street life again. But when I started going to prison again, that's when she became a Christian. I mean, when actually when I met her, she was going to like a Pentecostal church in Ensenada when I met her, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of pulled her out of the Christian church, like, ah, freaking hallelujah, you know, we want to go to Catholic church. 
but didn't know nothing. You know? <laughs> so it was it was really easy for her to get involved with a Christian church when I got busted because uh, one of one of our neighbors and her coworkers, right, um, invited her to church, and they just came around her and embraced her and helped her, and she prayed for me and they prayed for me. So she actually became a Christian before me. Mm. Uh, one of the things that Martin was saying at the beginning about you know don't ever count anybody out, don't ever. Um, don't don't count nobody out. Don't start praying for people. Don't start hoping for them. Uh, it's true because my wife prayed for me for many years and prayed that she would have a godly husband, you know. And she got uh, an arrogant, thugged out <laughs> pastor who thinks he knows it all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, she she prayed for me for many years, man. You know. So so yeah, don't ever think that God's redeeming grace is beyond anybody, no matter what they've been through. No matter how hard they may be, how many people they beat up, how much dope they smoke, how much time they did, like, like every single one of us uh, is, 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 is able to be saved, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah, man, as far as uh, for me, man, I, uh, my dad, you know, he, he 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 was the one always praying for me, man. I went to, you know, got involved in the whole street life around 13 years old, man, and just, you know, dove in, you know, drug addiction, all those kinds of things. Uh, he was always a Christian, you know, man, like I've, I've said it before, people would even leave notes at our door, you know, you know, talking smack on my dad, you know, te crees muy santo y pues tus hijos, you know, son del diablo and this and that. And that would hurt him because he was yeah. actually, you know, he was very evangelical and he was actually trying to make a difference in the hood. But uh, just to have, you know, our, you know, my tias and my primos and just always clowning on him, looking down on him and then looking at us and be like, look at this food, like you can't even, you know. Do do right with your own kids, and uh, he never stopped praying. You know, throughout throughout all the hardship, throughout all the thing. Uh, when I got saved, man, you know, I, I, it was crazy experience. And he just went like, uh, first time, you know, when he came over, I got saved. I just hugged him and I just told him, you know, I'm free. And you know, you know that how you're just talking about. There's no thug in me. There's no gangster in me that day. I just hugged my dad. We cried and we prayed. And you know that was that was my dad's you know um, prayer coming through. After 11 years, you know what I mean. I don't know how long it took for you yeah. or your wife. How 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 long did it take from from that point where your wife was praying for you, yeah, she became a Christian, to the point where you got saved? How, how what was the time frame from that? Yeah, it was just it was a few years. You know, my son Diego was a few years old. My daughter Natalia was only like nine days old when the SWAT team raided her house, and mm. snipers and concussion grenades and all that. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's about the time that she that's about the time that she became a Christian. Uh, so I'd say maybe three years. Mm. Yeah, man. So. It doesn't matter the time frame, you know. What I mean, the 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 point right here that even this whole episode, why we do these kinds of series, is to bring uh, people hope that man, don't stop, don't stop seeking the Lord mm-hmm. for that person because it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so y'all need, y'all need y'all need to tell Big Vic to shut up though, bro. Yeah, he's he talking talk too much. much. He's talking too much. much, man. He's getting on my nerves, bro. He <laughs> stop talking, man. No, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the story right here. Uh, me when I first met you, it was uh, at the at the Christmas uh, uh, the Christmas dinner over there at YA. And so, uh, uh, how did you get connected with, with that with the, the with the ministry over there with the oh yeah being able to go ministry, back being able to go back and uh, as as yeah. now as a preacher as as one who 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 shares the word of God, how's that like? So I got some homies over. Um, it's a predominantly black church over in Southgate. It's called Community of Faith Bible Church. And one of the guys that uh, goes there, that's his ministry. You know, he's connected with Chaplain Jacob. And he would Shout out to Chaplain like, Jacob, be, man. Yeah, he'd be like, man, it'd be dope if you can go up there. You know, these kids, are you familiar with the youth authority? I'm like, what, well, like three years in the youth authority? Of course I know what it is, you know? And he asked me if I would be interested in going. I was like, they're not going to let me go in, bro. Like, they're not, they're not going to let me, they're not going to let me go in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and he was like, let's just try it out. Let's just, let's just check it out. And, um, they ran my they ran my information and um, and it came back as approved. Mm. So I was like, oh wow, man! Like they're gonna let me go in and, and talk to these kids. And I remember when I got there, I just started talking to these kids. The first thing I told them was my white number five five seven eight zero, and they looked at me like like they all knew what I was talking about. Nobody else knew mm. what I was talking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they knew what I was talking about. So I mean, I'm busy, but I try to go in there at least once or twice a year for the Christmas thing as well as their Bible conference that they have. You know. Yeah. To go go talk to him, but I couldn't get approved to go into the, the Department of Corrections. So I was able to go into Youth Authority, but they wouldn't let me into the joint yet because I have too much stuff and too much history there. 
I couldn't even go visit my son in prison. So like, you know. Yeah, and so yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, um, do you mind talking about that? Now you have a, a son in prison because I never really heard that story. Are you comfortable with sharing uh, yeah. anything about that? Because now it's kind of like uh, the tables have turned. You know what I mean? Not 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 in that way, but like yeah. now you're the one interceding for your son. How how's that situation now? Yeah, so my my son my son believes, bro. He yeah. knows reformed theology. He knows Christ. He just. He liked dope and he liked chasing women too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that made him make decisions that um, that he shouldn't have made. That got him in trouble. You know, he got into a neighborhood. He's living my old lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I told him, "Let me know how that works out, dude. Like, I'm gonna be praying for you. We love you. Uh, but let me know how that works out. You think you're gonna be a better gangster, a better dope That you think you're gonna be caught? Or like, let me know how that works out for you." So we still talk and we'll pray. Or he'll tell me, "Hey, Dad, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? Or send me some information to read. You know, send me some theological stuff." It hurts because I feel like I'm, I'm I'm partially to blame for it because, um, I mean, I'm the one that introduced him to that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, before, when I got out, we, you know, he, 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 was like, he tried blaming me for a lot of stuff. I said, you know what? You're right. But now you can hold on to the old dad you had or you can embrace the dad that you have now, the better version, the mm-hmm. godly version, you know? Um, he's doing 13 years right now and I feel bad, but it's like, Hey, you know what? If that's what God's going to take to get him to where he needs to be at the foot of the cross, then so be it. You know, I told, I told the Lord, you know, he was yours before he was mine. Mm. Hurt him just enough to break his knees, to cry out, Abba, Father, and repentance. So be it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm not really worried about it, bro. Like it hurts me. It pains me to, to see my son. Can you guys hear my dog's barking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It pain, no, it's a little pug. It pains me mm. to, to see him hurting himself, you know, and by the time he gets out, he's going to be 35, which is about the age I was when, when I gave my life to the Lord. So it's like, hey, if God could do it with me, hopefully he can do it with him too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, amen. And, uh, uh, what, what words would you have to say to someone that's in that situation right now? You know what I mean? They may have, you know, someone, a son, a daughter, you know, doing some hard time or not even just not even prison but they, you know they're in the calles you know they're all doped up or yeah. it just seems that they're just never going to get it together what would you have to say to the parents of someone who who has a kid in that lifestyle yeah don't lose hope don't stop praying and by by god by all means be consistent you know what i'm saying one of the worst things you could do is be a part-time christian mm. you know what i'm saying or be a bandwagon Christian. Mm-hmm. When, when your life's falling apart, come. I used that in my sermon yesterday. When your life's falling apart, come to the Lord and crying out for help. And and then when your life gets all better, forget about Jesus. And then when your life falls apart again, try to blame Him for it. Mm-hmm. You, know? you can't you can't be inconsistent and expect people to believe what you believe if you're not even walking it. You yeah. know what I mean, um, I, I would say consistency. You know, mm-hmm. be consistent with praying for them. Be consistent and giving a good witness to the Lord. Uh, constantly you know because if you're just being a christian on sundays and and being in the world you know monday through saturday like why mm-hmm. are they gonna want what you want you know, mm-hmm. know what i mean um so to continue to pray for them continue to believe and trust that god can and will save them and continue to be a good role model you know because we're a lot, the only bible that a lot of people see mm-hmm. you know we're the only christian that some people see that especially if it's one of our loved ones they know exactly what we're like when we're not in the pulpit you know exactly what we're like outside of Sunday so if we're being a jackass at home and being holier than thou on Sundays in church that, that that's not that's not yeah. attractive that's not that's not giving us a good you know, that's yeah. like, we're not giving them any reason or yeah. hope right but when they see trials hit when they see us struggling in the midst of tribulation and be at peace man, what's, why, why are they at peace and that's when we give them an account of the gospel yeah. because we're right there on the cross it's mm. because Jesus, because God loved me so much that even while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. That's why I'm at peace. He didn't wait for me to get my act together. He didn't wait for me to come to me. Like, like he died for me even before that, knowing that I would be his enemy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what gives me peace. That's who my God is. So be consistent, man. You know, be consistent and trust that God is able to save you. And don't mm. stop praying. Amen. Amen, man. And so, yeah, man. And uh, I bet, um, I bet, I know there's a lot more. Uh, to your story, man. But I mean, just uh, just sharing what you, what you shared, man. I mean, it, it really just um. Uh, that's why I love doing these kinds of series, man. Just to hear people's different background and where they're at now and what they're doing. Because I mean, something that will always continue to blow my mind is the miracle of regeneration. I mean, that right there is what gets me to see people who were once so you know caught up in some 
wicked and even demonic stuff to the point now where it's flipped it's contrary now you're the opposite and it's only through god's grace that he allows guilty uh, sinners to be transformed and bring them to himself and that's it that's why i love doing these kind of things man because it really just glorifies god you know lives to god yeah. so much that that it, we we see you know his hand upon our lives and we don't even understand what's going on in in the in the midst of it but coming out it's like dang you know Mm. You have no other choice yeah. but to praise and to worship, you know what I mean. So I mean, just to where you're at now, man, it's like, uh, you know, not not to puff you up, bro. You know what I mean? Because you're a sinner just like me. But the things that you're doing, bro, it really encourages me. It, it really uh, 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 just like gives me hope, dude. That 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 there's there's people, you know, that continue to partake in community events and 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 edify people man because you know just being at your church you know i visit a couple times man it's crazy because you actually see different ethnicities i mean you see whites you see blacks you see mexicans and all come together to worship you know what i mean that that's the beauty right there man that's the beauty right now to the point where you guys are even chan- uh, starting another church plant right and in, in wilmington yeah yeah, my boy Chris, my boy Chris lives in Wilmington. We got connected to a church like literally three blocks away from where he's at. Um, there's just not so many things that are happening, bro, that it's like, it's just, it's God's provision. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I recently got a job offer at MLK Hospital in Watts, uh, which is right next door. We're all mm-hmm. be doing some of the same things I'm doing at my church right now. You know, my mm-hmm. boy Chris got a job as a casual uh, longshoreman in Wilmington, where he lives in Wilmington, to be able to minister to them. And a church, and you know what I mean, like all mm-hmm. these things that are happening. You know, we mm-hmm. went from being modern day Saul, bro, to, to, to like a biblical Paul, not in the sense that we're, or you know what I mean, like, like Apostle, like I'm el, el, el Apostle Rudy, sense. el Apostle Rudy, or what? No, <laughs> hell, no. hell no, hell no. But the but the stories, like I, yeah. I used to be one of the guys in the jail system and the prison system that we used to kick the Christians off the yard, bro. Mm. We wanted soldiers, so if we went to war with the blacks, or we went to war with the Norteños, like. We don't want a bunch of lame Christians there. We yeah. wanted solid Sudanians there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like I used to kind of persecute the Christians off the off the yards, you know what I mean? To mm-hmm. get to get soldiers on there. And now being one of those Christians, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy when you do a full a full one eighty that way, you know. Yeah, say man. And mm-hmm. shout, shout out to, to Pastor Chris, man. Like that that dude uh uh, he he's a silent but deadly type right there. You can tell, man. He's a dude that he, he, <laughs> he ain't talking about it. He's walking about it. You hear no, no words coming out of that dude's mouth. But when he when it's time to the fritz pop off, you can tell that's the homie right there that's ready yeah. on the front lines. You know what I mean? So, find you like a like a like a theological ninja. Yeah, I got mad love for my boy Chris. I'm really grateful to God that he gave him to me not just as a co-pastor but as a friend, as a brother, as a co-labor in ministry. Yeah, you know, um, I think we compliment each other well uh, and I'm excited to see what's going to be happening uh, in Wilmington you know who thought that, that two young thugs from, from the hood would would become theologically educated yeah, you know what I'm saying that's crazy um, to, not, to not just to not just know theology but to be theologically and seminary educated yeah. uh, you know with master's degrees and soon a doctorate you know what I'm saying to be able to teach in these theological institutions you know yeah. So you, yeah. So right now you're you're actually finishing up what your your masters. Or what are you finishing up right now? No, I finished my masters. Oh, already. Right. I finished my masters already. I, I I did my masters of divinity. It took me four years. Usually it's between three to five years. Three years if you're doing it like in residence full time at the seminary. Five years when you're doing it long distance. I managed to get it in four. You know. So I, I graduated last year and I started my doctorate uh, last year. Uh, at yeah. Covenant Theological Center in St. Louis, Missouri. So, Dang. Reverend Doctor, hopefully in a, in a couple of years, you know? Yeah, be adding just a, a bunch of names, you know, Reverend, Doctor, Pastor, Evangelist, all these kinds of things. <laughs> and down no, to that'll it. be it. After Reverend Doctor, that's it, bro. <laughs> After, there's nothing <laughs> higher than Doctor, you know? And I just want the Doctor, because a lot of people don't accept me in, in the reform world, you know? Mm-hmm. Or they'll look at me differently because of my past, you know? Like, who's he? And, they may not say it, but I know that's what they, yeah, mean, yeah. they yeah. think when they see me, when they look at me. But I got the same degree as you, homie, and pretty soon I'll have a higher degree than you. So that means <laughs> that I, I do know what I'm talking about. And it's not, it's not to be, it's not, it's not, it's not to be, it's not about arrogance here yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. thinking I'm higher. But it's like, 
don't judge my past, judge who I am now in Christ. And if you believe the same gospel you preach, mm. you will be glad for a, a living testimony of that transformative power of the gospel. You know what mm. I mean? Mm. And if I want to be, and if I want to teach people in theological institutions that look like us, you know, well, there's got to be more professors that look like us in these institutions. Mm. That's why I want to get my doctorate. I want to mm. get my doctorate so that I can teach and have the credentials necessary to do so, so that there'll be students like us that can connect with professors yeah. like us. Mm, mm, mm. That, that, that's where it's at, dude, right there, because uh, uh, you're, you're really, you know, paving the way, you know, for, for people that are coming out of the hood and, you know, trying to get into, you know, sound teaching, trying to get into reformed theology and actually being somebody in that situation, you know what I mean? Like, that, 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 that to me that is... is uh, is, is something really really awesome to praise God about man because that yeah. you know coming from where you come from going to where you're going now it's like woo man praise the Lord how it's all God bro Ooh, praise the Lord right <laughs> praise the Lord you know what I mean and so, do you guys have any any uh, last questions or anything you guys want to comment or say anything no man it's just dope to see the 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 after I mean I mean hearing what God has done in your life and then just to see the product and, and the continuing product of what God is continuing to do. Cause I mean, it's not finished. So uh, man, it's, it's a blessing to see that. And then also too, to be a part of the, the, the class the that we, that we've been going through. Tacos in theology. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's tortas in theology. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> as long as it has a T. You get the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. How about you? Do you got anything? Any no, yeah. Comments? No, man. Just uh, that evangelism conference. Uh, you, got, you got that prison ministry. You're you're reaching out to the community on the daily church planner. All these things, man. Uh, where do you find the motivation to do all this? Because you do a lot of stuff right there. Mm-hmm. You, um, no Jesus, rest, bro. man. That's Jesus. That, that, exactly. There you go. That, that's Jesus. the thing. So I'm. I'm, I'm... Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just you know, I, I like like say um, with this new job I got, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna let let go of my hospice job, you know. But I don't want to let my chaplaincy with the Dodgers go. Like I told you guys, I was chopping it up with one of the major league baseball players from another team mm-hmm. a few minutes ago. So it's like, bro, what a privilege to be able to pour into some of the most influential men in the world with the word of God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's where it's at. I don't gotta get paid for that. Like I get off on that stuff knowing that. Damn, he's got these moves mm-hmm. to do this. So that that's where the motivation comes from, Vic. It's like I want people to know that God is alive, that mm-hmm. God is real, that it's not just a figment of our imaginations, that it's not a concept that we people rely upon just to help get him through things, but that he is a living being that exists and that he changes and that he still does miracles by changing people's lives, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, me, I, I'll just go along lines with Justin too. Uh, with a part of your busy schedule, we we have those Bible studies, and and for me, it's a privilege to be a part of it. And you taking your time to to show us and teach us uh, on that Reformed Dogmatics book, it's a uh, it's really helpful to, to me as well. So thank you for that as well. Yeah, sure, man. I appreciate you guys. Well, that's that's what ministry is about. I had somebody ask me one time. They're like, hey, so. What do you do the rest of the week? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we well, only work on Sundays, right? Like, what do you do the rest of the week? And I was like, boy, if you don't get away, it's all those times. About ten cents back, you're gonna get, you're gonna get, you're gonna be the first person I backhand in years. You know what I'm like, it's a real good I'm time like, for you to practice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see to see young brothers, bro, young Latino brothers. Um, there's a song that I think Ralphie Bagan sings called "Young, Gifted, and Brown." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to see young brown brothers that, that, that are, are passionate and hungry to, to learn more about the Lord, how am I not going to set aside time to hang out with you guys and study together? You know what I mean? Amen. I'm not Amen. teaching you guys. We're learning, we're learning together. We're holding yeah. each other accountable. We're fellowshipping. We're breaking bread. And we're, we're digging into deep theological truths that will only make us better servants of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You know, the more we know about him, the more intimately we can, we can serve him and the more passionately we can worship him. All of Amen. Us, you know? Amen. Amen. Theology leads to doxology. That's that's the main point. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, gracias, gracias for doing this, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule and doing this uh, show with us, man. And, you know, we appreciate you, man. And we're excited, you know, 
to the Lord for what he has in store for you, where he's taking your congregation, you know what I mean? And, and you know, just you're, 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 like I said in the beginning, you're a mentor, man. You're, you're an influencer, man. You're someone that we can look up to and be like, man, dude, if God's doing that for that knucklehead right there, he's going to do it for this knucklehead right here yeah, too, you that know what I mean? So, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so gracias, yeah, you know, gracias right. for taking the time and doing this. Uh, and nothing else to say. This is Reformed Rasta. Don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, send us an email, reformedrasta.gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. Uh, and, you know, we're on, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Anchor. If you're listening on an iPhone with uh, on the Apple podcast, don't forget to hit that five-star like button. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Even if you think this is whack, man, just hit, say, man, hey, it's whack. I ain't listen to this no more. Leave that comment. Leave that comment. Say, Martin's whack. You know, say whatever you need to say. <laughs> Hey, any review is a good review. Anyway, so gracias for tuning in. This is Reformed Raza, and we are out of here. I like turtles. This is for the Raza. This is for the Raza. This is for the Raza.